Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. On this week's episode, all kinds of royal-related items to catch up on. Megan, our girl, had a very busy week. She was at the Royal Ascot, her first one last week. On Tuesday night, she went to Buckingham Palace for a reception, also attended by the Queen and David Beckham. But And then at the end, we will also discuss the most important honor I think she will ever receive. We'll just actually won't say what it is now. We'll we'll make you guys wait to find out. Oh, my gosh. Way to build that anticipation. Mm -hmm. A little bit of foreshadowing. Also, we're going to discuss Tom Markle, who unbelievably did not stop talking after speaking to Piers Morgan last week with that TMI interview. I know you really would have thought last week would have been the end of it for him. But somehow. Somehow. But let's start with last night's appearance. We uh, will get to Tom soon. Don't worry, Tom. I know you're listening. Uh, The Queen hosted an evening reception for the Commonwealth of 53 Nations that are linked to the UK. And Harry was named the organization's youth ambassador just weeks before he and Meghan were married. So this is one of his new responsibilities. And Meghan was wearing a sort of powder pink Prada dress with two columns of buttons, kind of oversized buttons down the on, in front. Um, and it, the seating went her, Harry, and then the Queen. So there was one gap between her and the Queen, her new BFF. Which was kind of surprising, but I imagine that's some sort of royal protocol. protocol. Julie, what did you think of this dress, which I call the Jackie O style dress? I'm feeling a little delirious today. I don't know if I stand by that now. But I feel like this still, to me, solidifies. She's doing all these kind of... It's almost as if her style has gone a complete transformation from the ripped jeans era. We've talked about this before. But somehow seeing these new looks, her hair was almost done in like a Kate Middleton waves style. Um, It was a very different... Megan that we've seen in the past month and this to me even like solidified it more than anything I felt like she just is fully almost like transformed into this new vibe she's completely transformed I I do like the dress it kind of had a mm. nautical feel to me with those rows of buttons I don't know why I associate that with being at sea I have no idea no I know what you mean I know what you mean um but I'm just so curious why she's sticking to this color palette obviously it's very flattering on her but the queen has a lot of whimsy when it comes to choosing her color so I'm just curious she's really sticking with this subdued palette maybe she just doesn't want to overshadow the queen I don't yeah, know Josh, I'm waiting what do you for think? a flashy you know navy or yellow or like she's really exactly like she's keeping everything so muted do you think that's just her way of easing into things and not causing too much attention but that doesn't really seem like her mo necessarily i know i know she does not scare from attention i kind of wonder if it's gonna just slowly shift into a little bit more wilder looks 
Like she's just trying to test the waters. I don't know. It's confusing because I also don't feel like this was the case before the wedding. I know. And I just keep thinking back to that video we explored with Katie Weaver. I mean, she is leaning all into the tone on tone. Good point. We haven't seen anything even close to a pattern yet, I think, right? We might have to fact check that. But like it's all been this like sort of monochromatic very well like we'll talk about her royal ascot outfit later but it's the same idea she looks good it's like not a matter of that it's like not flattering but it's just kind of safe to me she looked like the most uh kate middleton you mentioned she had the kate blowout but this to me looked like a look that maybe kate would wear although i guess it's she wears short sleeves and kate hasn't worn short sleeves and i actually thought the same thing i think the combo of the dress with the hair the high neckline if you did a really quick if you did a really quick double like you weren't paying a lot of attention and you were just quickly scanning on your computer I could see someone mistakenly thinking it was Kate. Right. You just weren't paying a lot of attention. I almost feel like Megan may have gotten into so much trouble with the off the shoulder thing. Maybe she's just thinking that she's going to stick to the most similar safe dress Mm. that she knows aren't going to cause a lot of fear. So a recurring theme in this episode, at least about the appearances we're going to discuss, is that Megan just cannot catch a break. It doesn't matter what event she's attending. The British press is going to find something to harp on. So with the event last night, people actually ran this headline. Whoops, see the exact moment Meghan Markle switches from crossed legs to the Duchess slant at Palace Party. And they ran a full article about this faux pas. Um, They say the newly crowned Duchess of Sussex had a minor slip up with royal posture protocol during Tuesday's party at Buckingham Palace. A people reporter captured the exact moment on his Instagram feed. Um, and so I guess the idea is you're supposed to do this thing called the Duchess slant, which is you're supposed to basically like cross your legs at the ankles or put both legs off to the side, which is kind of crazy, but we'll take that as just like the given of what Royals have to deal with. But I guess Megan sort of, as people put it, innocently forgot the pose when she was taking her seat beside Harry and Elizabeth. Elizabeth, aka the Queen. You guys are on a first name basis. <laughs> at, at, at the palace for the group photo. So at first she accidentally crossed her legs, but she quickly recovered, uncrossing her legs at the knee and slanting them to the side. So this was like, they're calling this her whoops moment. Julie, I feel like this is pretty low on the totem pole of like faux pas you can make. But I guess I do feel bad that there isn't someone who's more i guess there can't be an aide by her at all times and this is the kind of thing like the kinks will go you know be smoothed out but like kind of i just kind of feel like she shouldn't be out on her own like this well you would think with all those mi5 like spy gear like maybe she could just have someone in her ear at all times reminding her like okay wait wait for the queen to get into the car first or okay remember your duchess slant or wave now curtsy now the only thing that i'm gonna say not to be unduly cruel to her or anything but I sort of feel like she's an actress. Like, you'd think she'd be very used to, like, hitting your mark and, like, being in character. And, like, there's not a lot you have to remember. Like, there's no speaking lines at this event. So it's it's more about, 
you know, just taking these particular cues. She only had stage directions and she somehow, she probably had three and she somehow screwed that up. I do, I feel a little conflicted because I love that we're seeing these little flaws, these little kinks in the armor that I feel like Kate Middleton, aside from maybe letting George play with a play gun, hasn't shown. And it's also like, it's not like she sat down with her legs spread apart. (laughs) It's such a minor faux pas to almost be comical. But I love your take that as an actress, she should be able to to nail a few, few directions. I also feel, though, if someone was filming everything I did on a daily basis, like God knows how many whoops moments in people's terminology I would have. It's kind of insane. So I, in that sense, I feel bad that it's just like a, a level of scrutiny that I can't imagine. I mean, she's probably somewhat terrified of all of this, I guess. Right. Do you think she even comprehended how like like a hawk she was going to be watched? I guess she probably did. It's just kind of insane. My day-to-day life, right, is just a strand of whoops moments. Though the Queen and Harry and William, but they've been doing it so long, it's not really fair to compare it. I was going to say, they don't really, it's kind of shocking how few little slip-ups they ever have. Right, but they've been on the scene so long. I feel like so people long. aren't especially looking at them with such eagle-eyed focus. But right. I also wanted to ask you, the queen was photographed chatting with David Beckham. She has almost never looked giddier other than when she was with Megan on their day trip, I would say. Smiling brightly. Um, do you think Megan and David Beckham caught up? Why was there no photo of that? What do you think they talked about? Because, like, he was at her wedding. Oh, I was going to say, you say caught up like they're old friends. <laughs> they had a lot to catch up on. I don't know. Do you know. think their paths crossed? I don't think their paths crossed. I think in that room, Megan wasn't the VIP. It would have been a photo, maybe, now that I'm thinking about it more. Right. I did love that photo of the queen just grinning, such a wide smile at, with I would never think that she would grin so widely at someone with a prominent visible neck tattoo. That's a good point. I wonder if like the Queen and David Beckham, that I, I, I have no knowledge of how many times they've met, but I'm guessing it's a, like a handful. Does she remember him? Right. What does Who does she think he is? Just Right. That's what I mean. Some handsome ruffian. Like some <laughs> handsome dude she meets a lot. And then the other takeaway from this appearance last night was, or there's actually a few other things. Uh, Harriet was wearing a new beaded bracelet after a weekend trip to Africa that he took solo, which I'm curious because remember at the beginning of the relationship, that big report about their matching bracelets was one of the first things that kind of solidified their seriousness as a couple. Also, wasn't weren't there reports that they actually went to Africa for their mini, mini honeymoon? Well, that's a good transition into the other little tidbit. At the Queen's Young Leaders reception, Harry was asked by Mavis Elias, a young philanthropist from the region, meaning Namibia, if they went there for their honeymoon. No, we didn't go to Namibia. I'm not going to say where, Prince Harry replied. Shout out to Mavis. <laughs> Mavis deserves another Pulitzer. We're just giving them out every week Right, now. but I just love that she walked into that situation, Buckingham Palace, not her own palace, and she asked a point-blank question. 
didn't try to like keep it to polite small talk. I love that she asked a hard hitting question. She's in the she's in the tradition of who is the sixty one year old from last week, Susan. We really need to keep a rolling list of these yeah, heroes. These people deserve medals of commendation. Like this is not easy to do. Even reporters can't do this. And these aren't even reporters, they're just kind of like guests at the reception. I totally agree with you. I'm like Mavis deserves a beer and a glass of champagne. And also I like that Harry was just blatantly said, I'm not going to say where. It sounds as if it could have been Africa. Right. I almost wonder again, I think we mentioned this when we were talking originally about the honeymoon mystery of like where we still don't know where we went. I don't, I think it could be a throwing off the scent thing. He's just never going to confirm it. I was wondering whether Mavis also approached Megan after because I feel like Megan maybe hasn't nailed her response to these hard-hitting questions like she hasn't nailed that Duchess slant. But in my mind, I also picture Mavis asking Harry that question and like some security guy like darting her with like a tranquilizer and dragging her out. Mavis gets escorted out by like seven different security guards immediately. At this point, Mavis is going to go up to Megan and say, you know, show me your phone so I can see your text exchange with Thomas Markle. Like, I feel like Mavis is going to stop at nothing at this event. I'm really here for Mavis just going right into it. But I am also still intrigued by this mat, this bracelet thing. I know. For some reason, I think it's kind of significant. I never realized that Harry was into these beaded bracelets. Like, to me, that's such a late 90s, early aughts, like, Abercrombie-induced oh, yeah. fashion trend. It reminds me when I was in middle school wearing Genko jeans, Abercrombie cologne, puka shell necklace. It's very that vibe. It is. I also think it's great that Mavis didn't just ask... Sorry, I'm still on this Mavis thing. If Mavis didn't just ask, have you been to Namibia? She went right to the honeymoon question. Because I feel like it would have been easy to just say, like, oh, have you visited recently or have you visited... But no, she wanted that specific honeymoon. It was such a good question. And it was one that probably she could only ask having been from the region. Because it wasn't totally impolite. Yeah, she knew she had her, you know, she had a good background to ask it. All right. Wow. I wasn't expecting last night's appearance to yield so much, but it did. I feel like the Royal Ascot is not going to be able to live up to that, but let's talk about it anyway. Way to hype the segment. Wow. Another whoops moment. Okay, so the Royal Ascot is this four-day series of races that is seen as one of the most high-profile of royal events. The Queen apparently just can't get enough of it. All the the family goes. This year was Meghan's first. Uh, She wore a Givenchy white dress. Uh, which is sort of now it's clear Givenchy is becoming her clear go-to. We talked earlier about the white, blush, beige kind of color family she's working in. And I feel like the fact that she's working with one designer makes it even clearer that's very intentional that she's kind of decided this is going to be my look. And she's developing it in tandem with Claire White Keller. Uh, And her hat, which I thought was great. I really liked this hat, the black and white hat. I'm waiting to see if Julie agreed. This from her was actually kind of a statement, just given how conservative her her outfits have been in the past. I felt like it's still a very yes. straightforward fascinator here. But the queen looked thrilled to see her BFFs again. But I love that the Express, a British tabloid, ran a piece that literally was titled with the headline, 
Meghan Markle at Ascot 2018. What did Meghan do wrong at Royal Ascot this year? Like, I feel like they pre-published that post before it even (laughs) happened just because they knew they were going to try to get that SEO off of like, what did she do wrong? They know what the people want. So I was trying to quickly scroll down. I was, I, and I breathlessly clicked. So, you know, but the answer is that she held her name tag in her hand with her clutch And Kate, William, and Harry always wear their name tag, like, on their chest. The whole thing is kind of insane, as if anyone in the world doesn't know who they are. But, like, in terms of the way these, like, event, the ascot functions, you're meant to wear your name tag, everyone except for the queen. Um, And it said the decision caused something of a stir, but royal experts have confirmed it isn't a serious breach of protocol. Royal historian Marlene Koenig said... Wearing pins has nothing to do with protocol. Protocols for official diplomatic state events, including where you sit, where you enter. Perhaps Megan just did not want to ruin that nice Givenchy dress with a pinhole. I feel like that was like a little bit of low-level shade, though, and I can't really tell. I have to, I want to listen to the tape to hear how Marlene said that. <laughs> right. So much shade, but at the same point, I can't fault Megan for not wearing, wanting to wear a name tag. It really blows my mind. The whole visual of Harry at this royal ascot race he's wearing a black top hat in the middle of the afternoon which just seems like i guess that was the dress code because there are other men in black top hats but i have never seen someone wear a black top hat with a hideous purple name tag i mean i think megan had the right idea I'm t- fully team megan on this one i feel like that name tag is gross i do not understand megan markle does not need a name tag it's like beyonce beyonce is like not going to come into a cocktail party and slap on a name tag I kind of love that she just held it with her clutch, too, you know? Like, she she had the name tag, but wasn't going to put it on. I also love that she's wearing, like, a white shirt dress, which is more our old Megan. Yeah, yeah, It's Givenchy, but it's also a white shirt it's dress. It's a little bit casual. It has a little bit of personality to it. I don't think I copied this in, but from that same Express article, they were talking more about the dress, and someone did say, this is another example, I'm going to paraphrase, of, like, her putting a spin her own spin on a kind of classic look or you know an element like that we would see another royal wearing she's kind of making it her own a little bit i felt that the most with this look i agree with you like putting a name tag on this just would have looked like insane i think she made the right call to not follow quote-unquote protocol it's crazy that harry wears one i i just don't understand do you think the queen has ever worn a name tag i don't know but i remember that last year so kate and william didn't go this year and i do wonder actually if kate and william had gone this year and kate because kate wore a name tag every year she's gone I wonder if Kate had gone and worn one, would Megan then have worn hers? Interesting. I think she probably would have, because I feel like that would have seemed really odd. Right. No, I agree. I agree. The other odd thing about this event, I guess it's maybe not odd, but Harry and Meghan didn't let go of each other's hands. Like, even when Harry was congratulating the winners, he was still kind of, like, had his hand, his arm outstretched behind him, holding on to Meghan. That got a lot of attention, I agree. I think that was kind of, it's a little bit like your couple friend who like can't, like you go out to like drinks with them and they're like making out at the bar and you're kind of like, wait, what? Like, right. like you guys see each other all the time. But I feel like maybe it's to make a statement about sort of the intensity of their affection. The intensity of their love for each other, right. Like they can't, like they can't be apart. It's a, There was one picture, I think we'll, we'll try, we'll post it or retweet it if we haven't, but like they're, 
they're kind of far apart from each other and they're kind of both like arms extended to touch fingers. And it looks like super dramatic as if somehow they're like playing one of those um, games where you can't let the balloon touch the ground or something. Like they have to be touching at all times or they're like, we'll lose their powers or something. Right. Is Megan going to like wander off the premises if Harry isn't holding on to her? It's probably a good time to also talk, I thought, about the page six report that ran a few days ago titled Meghan Markle might be the queen's new favorite. They ran kind of a bunch of arguments in this piece. And one of them was that she couldn't get the queen couldn't get enough of the newlywed when they recently fulfilled Royal duties together, seen laughing away as though the two of them had been friends with inside jokes for years. And for another thing, the queen has just handed over one of her official roles to the Duchess of Sussex, solidifying her approval that role is as part of the Queen's Young Leaders program. And I guess the page six was saying it's a really big deal. She's handing this over to Meghan because she's replacing the Queen herself, which is kind of crazy. That is huge. And I guess this is a good time in this kind of Queen discussion, Julie, to talk about the amazing tabloid reporting you you got to check out on your flight back yesterday my flight back yes i was perusing the magazines and usually i would never purchase such such an item but it was kind of incredible fan fiction in touch had a cover um alleging that megan and kate are in the throes of like the century's greatest feud uh the, the cover the cover line said betrayal at the palace and just really went into, and I have to say, some of the theorizing made sense. I'm going to read some passages about this alleged, probably fictional feud. Um, it says, uh, actually scratch that from the record. <laughs> Kate feels left out, a source says, of the suit star's close relationship with Elizabeth. Kate, who entered the family, a commoner like Meghan, spent years working on her image as the perfect royal, and Meghan is stealing her thunder. Now a war is brewing between the duchesses, both 36, says the source. They're barely on speaking terms. The popularity contest has caused a lot of friction at the palace. I'm just going to keep reading because I'm... I'm I'm riveted. Megan learned everything from Kate, but since the wedding, Kate feels like Megan has barely made any effort with her and is more interested in impressing the queen, says the source. In all fairness, Megan has been busy, but Kate feels like she's put a lot of effort into their friendship and hasn't gotten much in return. Ooh. So Kate, how Kate responded to this, she responded in the most passive-aggressive way possible, which is probably what I would have done. So Kate stopped being so helpful. She's a nice person and doesn't want to see Megan fall flat on her face. But th at the same time, she's cut back on giving her advice, says the source, noting that the Duchess, Duchess likely knew that Megan would be criticized for wearing an off-the-shoulder dress at the Trooping the Colors Color ceremony, yet didn't stop her. I kind of love this, like, theorizing. Right? Because I do feel like Kate would know that. Kate would totally know if that. Kate had seen the outfit in advance, Kate's been in this game for long enough to know what's going to cause controversy. Like, you basically get controversy, like, you know, for just looking in the wrong direction. Right, like, Kate won't bear her elbow for, like, public consumption. So bearing shoulders is, I don't know. But anyway, the report alleges that Elizabeth was annoyed that Kate wanted a normal life kind of away from the royal responsibilities and kind of keeps her family away from all of that. Whereas 
Megan gushed about how excited she was to have boots on the ground and give back through charity as her new job. She's gone out of her way to engage in royal life. That tracks to me, too. That totally tracks to me because Megan, mm-hmm. I mean, they barely went on a honeymoon. I, just imagine if Megan had given birth to a child. I feel like Megan would be out there 48 hours later, even if she had to be in some sort of wheelchair. Like, she would have made a show at least this early in the game. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, this, the, like, the day trip with the queen to me was the biggest sign of that, too. Like, she was just hitting the ground running. Right. So Kate has simply chosen to distance herself, which, like, is very easy to do when she's Megan and the Queen are off gallivanting on their whole gal pal rom-com situation. Says the source, she hasn't confronted Megan yet, but Megan can sense something is up. And this just comes off as such, like, American commentary. I can't even imagine that this is... If there, this is actually a source, it's from the UK. And she thinks that if Kate has something to say, she should just spit it out. As the source, Megan has gone through enough petty drama with her family. She doesn't need it from her friends. Josh, what do you think of this all? That is a, ki- that is a killer line. I mean, it's almost so killer that like it definitely came from some editor toiling yeah, away. I think this is a good example of when you have like this is like to me a classic was it in touch okay one of them like they're taking every they're so good at this these kind of like trashy tabloids because i feel like they are taking the fundamentals of like what we can discern about their like body language and like what we kind of have seen of the two of them and they're crafting something that feels like just potentially viable enough that you can like believe it while it still seems like a little fanciful like i don't i don't think there's a blood feud or anything but i do feel like there's some of these quotes that they're getting from their quote-unquote sources that feel you could like see you can read enough into it to make it seem like there's a potential right and just having read back about all the drama between furry and diana it does just seem like Mm. when you're that much in the public eye and just the relations within the family are so kind of cold and constrained and forced like they are kind of constantly gauging that public i don't know reaction but yeah no i don't i think there doesn't seem like this is obviously exactly probably what's going on but they definitely give you enough to you know, connect the dots in your head to make you wonder. It's going to be very interesting once Kate kind of makes her official return. I guess she didn't engage in that many public appearances. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point because I do feel like it's easy to for them to generate some of this stuff when it's just Megan out there by herself or with the Queen or with Harry. I think yeah, because we haven't really seen Kate on the scene, it makes it kind of easy to input these kind of emotions or feelings on her in particular because we don't really see how she's interacting with the queen and Megan together. It'll be interesting to see once Kate is off of maternity leave, how much they're interacting. If they go to these events together, I feel like we'll be able to tell a lot more about their relationship once we actually see them together. It's kind of amazing that Megan has been on the scene this long and we haven't really seen photos of them interacting that much, Megan and Kate. Yes, I think that's a really good call. I think we're not going to be able to really judge until we see how the whole crew gels. You say that like we've been so restrained in our judgment. It's true. 
Also, there. Oh, um, the christening is happening on Monday. Oh, okay. After Fourth of July. Oh my gosh! Something to forget Fourth of July. That's the holiday to pay attention to. And, like, I'm curious how Megan's going to fit into that because that's a, such a Kate-centric event. Right. Oh my gosh! She better stick to those whites and pale blushes. She does not want to overshadow anyone. It'd be so funny if for the Louisa christening, she decides to like wear some crazy sort of like polka dot stripe number or something to just like take all the thunder speaking of megan's family though thomas markle did not go away as we thought he might after last week's flurry of comments josh did you think that after he gave the interview with peers the palace would say something or acknowledge it at all i thought that that would sort of be at least for the time being the last we heard from him for a while because i thought there was no way that they wouldn't get in touch and sort of try to weather that storm a little bit. Right. Last week, Tom Markle gave that incredible kind of unexpected post-Father's Day interview with Piers Morgan, in which he shared way too much, probably, for the royal family's taste. He talked about his first phone calls with Harry. Um, he talked about the moment Harry asked him for Meghan's hand in marriage, and Tom answered bizarrely by asking Harry to promise that he would never raise a hand to Meghan. Uh, he said all kinds of insane things that we dissected on last week's episode. A week later... On Tuesday, it was announced that the Queen Elizabeth will meet with Donald Trump on July 13th, which apparently incensed Tom Markle, we know from his interview with Piers Morgan, that he is no Donald Trump fan. To kind of add insult to injury, there's speculation that the meeting between the Queen and Donald Trump could go down at Windsor Castle, where Harry and Meghan were married. As we know, Tom Markle, of course, was not at the wedding. So Tom was so incensed that he called up his good friends at TMZ to sound off. And as if he like hasn't learned enough from just all of his, his mistakes here, he told them, he really gave them a piece of his mind. He said that he thinks that after talking to Piers Morgan, the royal family is putting him in the, quote, penalty box especially since President Trump is getting to meet Her Majesty before him. And maybe maybe Tom said more to this, but it just rings very weird to me that he's more interested in meeting Queen Elizabeth. The Queen than Harry. Or even seeing Meghan since her wedding day. Yeah, right. Thomas also told TMZ that he hasn't spoken from anyone from the palace since last week's interview, not even his daughter Meghan. Granted, she's been very busy hanging out with her new grandmother-in-law. Markle said that he thinks that he's getting the cold shoulder and tells TMZ, if the queen is willing to meet our arrogant, ignorant, and insensitive president, she has no excuse not to meet me. I'm nowhere near as bad. How weird to even like compare, like why is he comparing himself to Trump in that way? Right, and it seems like he's kind of going off the rails. Now, I have definitely been in this situation where maybe I want to hear back from someone, maybe I feel like I've made myself vulnerable to them. And when I don't hear back, it only kind of like activates my anger. Am I explaining that in the right way? So I kind of No, I know what you mean. I kind of get where Tom is like, 
having a meltdown here because no one he's just right. getting silence but it reminds me of like when you or me would go on a spiral like i feel like when you get right like into that spiral zone like i've been in this position so many times and then you just start like coming up with these weird other corollary kind of annoyances like i feel like he's not this isn't really the core of what he's mad about but this is what he's gonna tell tmz you know what i mean right also just that's such a sympathetic reading for tom markle when he's kind of a monster well okay and then a weird thing that one of our listeners pointed out which is a great point which makes me kind of if i really was gonna get into like a conspiracy theory mindset it's interesting that i'd forgotten Piers and megan kind of are friendly and Piers. I guess sort of when Megan first was confirmed to be dating Harry had sort of spoken out about how before she started dating Harry, Megan had reached out to him and they got like a drink in London when she was there um, and that he thought she was this like amazing gal and they kind of like talked about all these different kinds of things. I mean, they're obviously not tight. Like he wasn't invited to the wedding and he's not, you know, her buddy probably. And I'm probably overthinking this, but it's kind of interesting. Like, I wonder if she knew more about them, that interview happening than like, maybe she did have a heads up somehow, or like, did he give her a heads up? Right. Or maybe that was part of Pierce's pitch to Tom Markle. Like, hey, I know your daughter. I'm going to be sympathetic. I've met your daughter. Right. But I feel like, I feel like the pals has to do something. They have to reach out to Tom or else he's just going to keep calling TMZ. Right. If he's calling them about this incremental kind of complaint i just feel like this shows he's not stopping anytime soon right and clearly the palace needs our pr expertise they have i feel like after last week i would have thought they would have deployed i still don't even understand this like how they're letting this go this kind of unchecked right and it's clear that like megan going on all these excursions with queen elizabeth that's somehow just like infuriating tom on some level yeah that's like salt in the wound for him because i guess he just wants to meet the queen this badly i don't know i don't know <laughs> meanwhile hopefully thomas is proud of megan's most important honor she will ever get oh the finally we get to know what it is she was nominated for a teen choice award everyone and i don't think there's ever been in the history of time an awards show category better than this one uh, in terms of the six nominees. Truly. Is choice style icon. Here are the six nominees, Julie. Blake Lively, friend of the podcast. Chadwick Boseman. Harry Styles. Megan, Duchess of Sussex. And that's all it says on the nomination. Megan, Duchess Yeah, that's of all it says. Okay. Migos and Zendaya. I love that it doesn't even say Megan Markle on the Teen Choice website. It says Megan, Duchess of Sussex. Up against Harry Styles and Dea, Chadwick, Blake, and Migos. This is really a dream category. I just, who, like, first of all, I think the crazy thing here is you know she wants to attend. I feel like she would love to pick up that surfboard. Like, I feel like there's probably, like, she would never maybe admit it, but I feel like she must on some level think that that would be, like, really fun. I forgot that the award is an actual surfboard. (laughs) Come on. And I feel like she's going to win, don't you? I mean, I think this would be, if this is in Los Angeles, this could really, you know, solve a lot of problems in one fell swoop. She could collect her surfboard. She could probably see Tom Markle, you know. See her mom. See her mom. Take a yoga class. 
this just is bananas. And is this one of the award shows where they only award people who are going to show up and collect the surfboard? Probably. Like, no one goes up and accepts the surfboard on her behalf. If you were going to have, like, a night out with any of these six people, who would you pick? I mean, Blake, I feel like, would be the most fun since we've spoken to her. But, I mean, Megan. I, w- I would have to choose Megan. It's the tough one. Everyone on this list is pretty fun, I would imagine. I mean, the other bizarre thing about this is it doesn't specify. I feel like Megan's style pre-wedding was so different than post-wedding. Good call. So Good they call. don't really clarify. And, like, what... It's just, how do you compare any of these people stylistically? They're all, like, operating in such different stratospheres. I know. And you know that even though this is kind of a janky award show kate middleton like this kind of bothers her i thought it was crazy kate wasn't nominated i know she's never been nominated for a surfboard oh i really hope she attends i would love to see kate's expression when handed like a colorful surfboard and you know i feel like it would be kind of a coup for the royal family to be plugged in maybe a little bit and get this pr boost I think I'm just going insane. No, I agree. I feel it's like what we're saying when they should give Megan back her Instagram account. They need to be hooked into the younger fan base. And what better way than doing that? I maybe she'll do. Oh my God. What if she has a televised, you know, when someone's not there to get it? Oh my God. She recorded a video. You just problem solved this for the palace. I feel like that's a good way to do it. So then she doesn't have to go to LA. She doesn't have to deal with actually being there. But it gives a little bit of a nice boost to the palace PR operation. I feel like, yeah, Michelle Obama has done that. I feel like she could definitely do that. It doesn't, then there aren't all those cheesy photos of her on the red carpet. I just, I'm so curious to know who will be presenting this category. So who is going to be on stage saying and nominated for choice style icon? And, 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 And they have to say Meghan, Duchess of Sussex. They can't say Meghan Markle. Oh, you know who's going to do it, probably? Who? Janina Gavankar. Oh, that's such a good call. And she's... They're going to get one of her, like, actress friends to go out and do it. Right. That's such a good call. Abigail Spencer, maybe. You know that Megan has had some boilerplate acceptance speech written since she was, like, eight years old. And I really want her to have the platform to give it. Me, too. That's why we need to see this. Oh, God, that would be so great. Yeah, like in the shower going over what you would say. We're going to stuff that ballot box. I have no idea how you vote. Can Does the public vote? We're yeah, going to get to the... you have to vote for Megan to win this. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We'll post whatever more information on our Twitter feed. I think that does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please remember to check us out on iTunes, our Apple Podcasts, and rate review all that we really appreciate it also feel free to reach out to us on twitter at in the limelight you can also follow us individually i'm at julie w miller and i'm at jay duboff we're also on instagram in the limelight pod this episode was edited and produced by daniel roth thanks for joining us i'll talk to you next week and until then no no bad bad energy. energy